Welcome to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. My name is Jenna, and in this series, I'll be speaking to plastic surgery residents and giving you an inside look at what it's like to train at their institution. We'll discuss the logistics, the leadership, and the lifestyle of a plastics resident at their program. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Brooke Porter, who's a first-year resident at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Brooke is originally from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. She completed college at Wake Forest University and medical school at the University of Florida. She's interested in microsurgery, breast, and reconstructive surgery. Brooke, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So I'd love to get started by hearing kind of a big picture overview of what it's like to train at your program. So it's a very family feel. We're really close-knit group of residents something that I personally loved about the program and even with the attendings too. Definitely, I would say a more laid back environment that really focuses on both resident well-being as well as excellent training. And how many years is your program? It's six years. So in terms of having an additional year for research, we do not have like a built-in research year. And then I know other programs have competency-based and we're not competency-based. We're more traditional in terms of just being six years. And how many residents do you take? We take 10 residents. We have 10 at any given time. So basically, you would look at the graduating class to see how many would be taken. This year, we have two seniors on their way out, which means that we'll be taking two for the incoming class. And can you tell me a bit about how much plastics experience you get over the first three years? We get a lot of plastic experience. I would actually say we get about five years straight split up. So the first three years, you do have off-service rotations. My year right now, I would say I have, it's almost half and half, but I'm actually one month extra of plastics. And then your second year is similar. And then by your third year, the off-service rotations you're doing are very specific. They're more like a hand rotation with ortho. And actually our website has a really good example of the different rotations. So if people wanted to pull it up, you could see exactly the breakdown. And what's the experience like when you're on some of the non-plastics rotations? Surprisingly, one of the things that I love is that they still emphasize operative experience. So as an intern and an off-service intern on a general surgery rotation like vascular surgery or trauma surgery, they're still pushing me to go to the OR and I'm still operating. It's definitely, you know, you work hard, but that is, I think for me, the biggest surprise is just how much in general Mizzou pushes you to operate whether you're on service or not. And what are some of the different sites that you rotate through? So we mostly stay here. So the main hospital, University Hospital, is where most of our rotations are. Across the street, we have the VA and then also MOI, which is the Orthopedic Institute. That's basically mostly where we operate. Your first three years, there's time that you might spend at the VA. And then we have another hospital called Women and Children's where you would have to get in the car and drive a couple miles away. It's not very far. Other than that, I think later on in your senior years, there are some offsite rotations. There's a town rotation you do, but for the most part, you are right here and everything's close by. Are there any fellows? No, we don't have any fellows. What are the research opportunities like? Research is important here. You're expected to do at least a project a year. Additionally, they give dedicated time for research in your fourth year. It's split between protected research time and then there's some where it's unprotected research time where you still have some clinical duties and you're still in the call pool. 
I think it's about at least three months are unprotected. And I think another three are the protected time. There can be a bit of flexibility with that as well, just depending on the person. So there's almost like a mini research year experience there. Yeah, it's really cool because instead of having it all at once, there's also like some circumstances where they alternate the months too. So, you know, research takes time. So it is actually like throughout that whole year, you're getting different chunks of designated time. And when you're ready to present your research, what kind of support is available for that? So there is funding available, especially if you're getting, you know, things accepted. Just because it's my first year and everything, I haven't had research that I need funding for. But I know they're very supportive with stuff like that. And in your senior years, they push you to go to a conference. And there is support and there is funding for those who ask for it and seek opportunities. Is there any kind of like research infrastructure available to more so while you're developing or working on a project? So one of our attendings is our research attendings. He's the one who you can coordinate your projects with. Really any of the attendings you can approach. We have access to statisticians. I think one of our second years, so he reached out to, I believe it's the bioengineering department and he is coordinating with them. So I think it depends on how motivated you are, but I do think there's opportunity to work with people and, you know, the more motivated you are, the more you can do. And what's call like? It's actually pretty laid back. It's really good. I think it's enough to where you get the experience you need without having you burn out and be constantly exhausted. We're on plastics call every day, and then we alternate hand and face every other day. I would say for me, I take about one weekend a month and then one day a week. As an intern, it's buddy call. It's definitely more of like a graded autonomy, which is nice because as an intern, you probably can't do a revision amp right away. So it's nice to know that that person, like the senior who's with you is expected to come in and it kind of takes you through things so you're not just thrown out there. So yeah, for my first year, it's all buddy call. And then then it kind of, as you go from there, you get more autonomy as you go. It's home call for us all the way through when we're on plastics. And what's the mid-level support like? It's great. So we have, we love our PA, Zena. She rounds with us in the morning and then she is mostly in clinic. So she goes to every clinic and then it's really nice to have her. She's awesome. And then when we get consults, she'll help see consults. So we have mid-level support and it's really nice. Are there opportunities for electives in the later years? Yeah, so it's not necessarily penciled in. And also, like I said, you have some of the research time where there is some flexibility built in. So we do have electives that are given to you. Right now we have our seniors going to MD Anderson for a month. And it's kind of just depends on what you want to do. And they're really flexible and really willing to work with you as long as you're able to you know, show interest and just get the ball rolling on paperwork and things like that. It's definitely possible to do electives. And how about any global opportunities? So with the global opportunities, I think it's just, like I said, there is time again, that research time, if, if that's something you're really passionate about, like there is designated time for you to explore things that you're passionate about. I think as long as you're able to seek out those opportunities, it's available. But to my knowledge, our attendees do not personally go on these trips and we don't host them. Can you tell me a bit about the cosmetic experience throughout your training? One thing that's really nice, like I said, we have a, like a town rotation where they're able to actually go with one of the attendings who's here in town who has ties with Mizzou. 
Also, I think our seniors are both going into private practice in Florida, so they wanted additional cosmetic experience. So they were able to get another person to have them in St. Louis. They're really good about making sure to tailor people and do what you need. And then additionally, we get Botox and filler. And so on our own time, if we have someone who can come in and wants it, there's opportunity to do that. And so I've even been like, hey, I've seen some of the seniors do it and I've been around when they're doing it. And I said, hey, you know, can you teach me next time? And I've gone in and watched them even as a first year. And I think as long as, you know, I have someone who's willing to let me learn on them as a first year, even I have access to this where it's not just strictly a senior cosmetic experience. And is there a opportunity for seniors to like book their own cases? Yeah, I believe so. I know there is an enhanced cosmetic experience for seniors, especially with, you know, having like your own cosmetic clinic. And is there any experience with gender affirmation surgery? So that's something that I would say is probably just not a lot that we see in Missouri, just given our patient population. It's not that our attendings don't do it. It's just we don't really get the demand. So it's not something that I've seen. What area would you say residents come out with the strongest experience in? I would say breast and hand surgery. We also have a good pediatric craniofacial experience. And are there any other awesome perks you'd like to share about your program? Sure. So we get a site and we get $500 put towards, it could be loops or, you know, if you want a nice camera to take photos, anything that's appropriately work-related, that's reimbursable. And then additionally, you know, like I talked about before, we spend a lot of time on plastics and that's something that they really wanted to do for us as well as an early operative experience. I'm operating a lot more than I ever expected to, um, or that, you know, I had seen residents at other programs at, as a first year operate. Even last week, I did four carpal tunnel Guillain Canal combinations. I did a cubital tunnel and I did a trigger finger and I was the sole resident in the cases. And I think that's just really the environment here. You get a lot of opportunity to operate, which has really blown me away. Also, it's very affordable. So I came here, I didn't really expect to buy a house. And I don't know if that's something people really think about, but I think one of the really nice things here is that it's very affordable. I ended up buying a house. My mortgage costs what rent would have probably cost. And so it made sense because I would end up having an asset at the end. Instead of rent, you kind of, whatever you spent, it's gone. That's something else to consider for some people. You know, if you have a family, I think it's a very family-oriented place. I personally don't have a family, but it's very family-oriented place. It's great if you have dogs. I think most of our residents have pets. You know, you can have a yard for your dog and things like that. And six years is a long time, so I think it wasn't something that I was highly considering at the time, but I think it's something worth considering in general. Just, you know, your lifestyle and being comfortable in residency is probably important to succeeding. And how would you improve your program? That's a good question. Hmm. I think just COVID in general makes it challenging. I think it's just I came to residency at a really weird time where we started with COVID and there was a lot of restrictions. And I feel like COVID, while it's it's understandable and this is a really serious situation, I think COVID is one of the biggest things that holds us back. I've had to cancel cases before because patients have been asymptomatic and tested positive and it's held up, you know, for like a breast cancer patient and it's held up them getting imaging and things like that because they had expanders in. And I just, I don't know, for me, I think that's like the biggest barrier I can think of right now 
in my mind is just the COVID situation. We're lucky. I think it could be a lot worse for where we are, but I think it's just something that everyone's suffering from right now. I'm sure you're suffering in a lot of ways too. And other, even having Zoom interviews, it's just really unfortunate. So now I'd like to transition a bit to hear about your program leadership. So if you could talk a bit about your PD and your chief or chair. Sure. So Dr. Colbert is our program director. He's great. He's excellent. He trained here. And again, I think he really pushes to have this family feel, have a close-knit group. I think my first week of residency, I was doing breast cases with him and he was letting me do them and walking me through it. Otherwise, so we recently had Dr. Puckett recently stepped down and retired. So they're looking for a new chair. Unfortunately, just given the COVID situation, it's been hard to continue with interviews and second interviews. And so that's something that they're still working on. What role do residents play in things like the residency selection process and or like in the search for a new chair? They're super involved. In terms of the selection process, actually, we're all involved. That's one thing I really liked when I interviewed here is I noticed that the residents were really taking it extremely seriously and really knew a lot about all the applicants because they actually had a big say. And as residents, we all make our own rank list that factors in. And then when I interviewed here, we had the chief resident at the time was actually one of the interviewers. Was there anything else you wanted to add about just kind of the relationships amongst the residents? Yeah, like I keep saying, we are, we're a really close-knit group. We're a family. We hang out definitely inside and outside of the hospital. It's really nice, I think, to have a good relationship and be supportive because I know I have, you know, one of the residents who I'm close with, like, I'll ask him about all sorts of, like, personal things. Like, I was actually just texting my chief saying, hey, do you have a Christmas tree? And did you get a real one or a fake one? And he was texting me, like, why he invested in a a nice fake tree. And then another resident was telling me about how he went and cut his down. So I'll text some stuff about my house. Again, like, I think we're a close group and we're always doing things to be supportive of one another, both inside and outside of the hospital. You were, you know, talking a little bit about the affordability before. So would you say that most residents tend to own? For plastic surgery, yes. I think for other programs, not necessarily because their time spent here is shorter. Everyone in our program has a house except for one of the residents' rents. Within Columbia, where do residents live in relation to your main hospital? So everyone lives pretty close, like maybe two to five minutes away. And when I was deciding to move here, actually, I reached out to a few people and I, they sent me a map color-coordinated with the best places to live, with resale value and everything. I really looked into it because, again, it's just me buying a house. So it was a big, you know, big deal, big investment. But I would say I probably live the farthest and I live about 10 minutes away. And people are why do you live so far? And it's, it's really not far, but, you know, it's 10 minutes. And what's the breakdown of residents in terms of those that are like single, married, have families? So no one has children yet. One of our residents, I think, is interested in starting a family during residency. I'm probably the only one who's single right now. Otherwise, everyone is basically married or in a a pretty serious relationship, like living with their significant other. And is it necessary to have a car? Yes, you have to have a car. You have to drive into work. 
the three main places we operate are all right there walking. But in order to get to Women and Children's Hospital, you would have to get in the car and drive a couple minutes away. Besides the affordability of living in Columbia, what else do you like about living there? So I'm coming from Florida. So for me, I like the seasons. The Ozarks are only an hour away. So I actually, I went to Lake of the Ozarks a bunch. I don't know if everyone else does that, but I went, I probably went four times when I learned how to do surfing with the boats. And it's just a good place. You can be really active and get outdoors. And then I ended up taking step three in Kansas City and it's a two day exam. So while I was there, I ended up exploring because I spent the night there. Kansas City is an hour, an hour and a half maybe away. And it's, that's a really cool city. Otherwise here, we have a decent amount of good restaurants. We're right along the river. We have a vineyard and some outside spots when the weather's nicer. We have rooftop bars. We have a downtown area. Kind of have, you know, everything you could need. So I think that's most of what I wanted to chat about today. Any final thoughts either on your program or on the process of choosing a residency in general? It's very stressful applying to residency. And I think especially given your situation where you guys don't really get the opportunity to come and visit. There's so many amazing programs out there. And I think you're going to probably get the training that you need. I think one thing to really factor in that is a program that you actually think you'll be the happiest at. Because I think, you know, plastic surgery applicants are typically tend to be all pretty stellar, very hardworking people. And I wish I, I would have realized this more. I realized it, but I think... Everyone is a little worried. They're just like, I really want to get in and I really want to get into a good program. Definitely like pay attention to the things that matter to you beyond work because if you're not happy, six years is a long time and you'll burn out and you won't be able to be the best surgeon you can be. So I think just really finding a place that you you think you'll be happy at for multiple reasons. And how can interested applicants find out more about your program? So we have an Instagram And then our website is actually really good, I think, just for some of the general information. When I was applying, I thought Mizzou actually had probably the best website. And they have all the residents on there, too, and just good breakdown of, you know, exactly. Like, you can get a full-on schedule of exactly how much time you're spending and where. We actually don't do a lot of general surgery. We, We really cut it to the minimum. We really push to be on plastics as much as possible. So the Instagram is Mizzou Plastics. You guys should follow. Well, thanks so much for speaking with me today, Brooke. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun chatting with you. Thank you for listening to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to our show via your favorite podcast service and following us on Instagram and Twitter. For more podcast episodes and residency information, check out our website, doctority.co. That's doctority.co. We love feedback from listeners, so please contact us through the website or through social media with your questions or suggestions. See you next time.